From the AfterBuzz TV studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's The River. Tonight's hosts are Kristen Carney and Molly Harper. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1633. That's 424-256-1633. And now... Picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues. It's AfterBuzz TV's River. Hi, hi everyone. Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another AfterBuzz TV after show for ABC's The River, season one. Yeah, we're cheering it on. So season one, episode four, uh, called Peaches, but before we do anything, allow me to introduce myself. I'm Kristen Carney, here with my co-host, Molly Harper. Hello. And feel free, you guys, to follow us on Twitter. You can find Molly at twitter.com slash mollycomedy, and you can find myself uh, at Kristen Carney, K-R-S-T-E-N-C-A-R-N-E-Y, or feel free to give us a call at 424-256-1633, that's 424 424- Two five six one six three three. We have a lot of cool things to talk about tonight. We just watched the fourth episode of The River, as I said, and we have some special segments that we're going to get into later in the episode um, with our new segment called Spirity Things of the Week. Yes. That's Spirit it. Things of the Week, right? Spirity. Spirity Things of the Week. And it, yes, yes. It's going to be very exciting. We're going to feature different topics of ghosts, different kinds of entities. Um, can I make a comment on that? You sure can. Um, I was just reading about uh, a little bit about what the director had said, and he said a lot of the, sh- the show pulls from mythology and those kinds of stories, so I think it'd be really cool for us to tie that in each week. Yeah, and we have some cool pictures to go along with um, the spirity thing of the week this week, so um, if they're not up... Um, in this broadcast, you can find them. Um, we'll be tweeting them out, and uh, right they're now pretty I cool. think KTLA is on behind us. Yeah, you know, because that's very spirit. You know, very spirit. Spirity. It's very you know, car crashes. People die on the freeway all the time. We think it's very, oh. very relatable. But uh, anyway, anyway. <laughs> so today's episode, um, again, like we've said a million times already, it's called Peaches, and we all know why it was called Peaches. But before we get into that. Um, there was there was a decent amount going on. Um, the first intro to the episode, they bring up the source, and they say Emmett was looking for people. He said would quote show him the way, but we don't know where his endpoint was supposed to be. So we don't know where he's looking to go and right. who those people were and what right. the source is. The source, from what I gathered tonight, was the source of magic. Yeah. Yep. And. I think that they've said that a couple times now. So where that is, what that is, yeah, we, we still don't know, but that's what they're looking for. That was what Emmett was looking yeah. for. Do you think we're any closer to this episode? It seems like it. I mean, well, we must be, because if you think about it, we're four episodes in. There's eight episodes this season, so we better be getting closer. <laughs> yeah. We better be, or we should all just quit now before, we're ahead, uh, before we get behind, actually. Um, but... 
I guess I don't really know much more to say about this horse. I don't feel like we got that much information, but we know a lot about the Exodus boat. Um, yeah, was the main main thing going on in this episode, and. I, I called it initially. I knew those people were bad people um, because they just you have the sense there's nobody floating in the river that's just their normal like normal people. Nobody's right. normal on the river in the Amazon. No, not one person or so, a being or animal. No, no. So we saw it. You know, it was funny how they came in contact with the Exodus um, because they knew the radio wasn't working. Right. The radio hasn't been working. It hasn't been working for a long time now. Right. But they were still calling Mayday. Right. Mayday, 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 Mayday. And then finally someone came in. Right. So, you know, if you're on the boat, you're thinking, oh, yay. But as an audience, you we're know like, that. Oh, no. Right. You know, that's not going to be that's not going to be good. Um, and so they're invited onto the boat. These people from the Exodus. Well, first, they had a collision with the Exodus. Right. And it disappeared. And then it disappeared. So, you know, you obviously knew something weird was happening. Yeah. But the, I think, you know, Tess and Lena and everybody didn't suspect that boat to be related to the boat that just hit them. Right. But clearly it was because right. it was a ghost boat or a ghost ship. Yeah. It's like the Titanic. It's <laughs> full of death and dead dreams. Nowadays. Yeah. So once they got over to the Tess's boat, they acting normal, having drinks being fun casual and in that energy they're bringing of like yeah, let's have fun and let's party and let's drink and eat it was just so suspicious yeah it was it was for sure and i also found it weird that the woman who was from the exodus ship was doing the cooking shouldn't tess have been hosting right because they were saying well let's welcome you onto our boat since you all are doing us this favor of giving us parts the least we can do is give you dinner make you dinner and they all have this feast and they all have we all just say for the lack of tools and supplies they have on the boat they sure do have a plenty of alcohol it seems every episode lately they're drinking something and so they're all you know doing shots and becoming friends but um yeah, there was, there was definitely underlying something going on, but the only person that really seemed to know that was Jahel. As usual. As usual. But she didn't say, she didn't lead on that she knew even to us because normally you can get a sense from Jahel that she knows something's going on. Right. In this episode, you didn't get any sort of sense at all until the final, pretty much the final scene. Right. When she said, there's something up with these guys and this is what it is. She never really did say... No, no, she never ended up saying. And she just said, "There's something up. There's something you need to know," but she never told us what we needed to know. Right, and we did just just get finished watching the episode, so I think we're still trying to process it. Yeah. Um, but she didn't seem Jahel didn't seem phased from, um, one of the guys from the Exodus hitting on her if she knew they were bad, because if she knew they were bad, she wouldn't have flirted back. And it wasn't until her father came out of the other room that she stopped flirting. That she stopped flirting, and when they got when there was no name to the character, I don't believe I, I believe he. Didn't. I don't think they gave. He ran off names. Yeah. So you know, it, usually she's very strong. She seems like someone who's really resistant. She seemed like she was flirting. I mean, she definitely yeah. seemed interested. Yeah. So until I, her dad walked into the room. So I'm wondering if she did know and 
maybe it didn't hit her until something was up when they were when part of her crew was missing Mm -hmm. you know i i I just feel like that was written differently than it has been for her in the past because normally you get a sense right away that she knows what's going on she'll be like oh guys wait yeah there's something you need to know and she'll kind of forewarn them yeah her boobs looked good again tonight (laughs) yeah they did (laughs) they were in full force they always are (laughs) there's no ghosts there those are real real boobies (laughs) good looking boobies sweaty ones again (laughs) Um, oh, that's so funny. But uh, I guess um, that crew, we didn't know they were ghosts until um, the scene when Captain um, Captain Kurt um, fights with um, the one character and they show his face flash um, as ghostly. But we, at least I'm speaking for myself, have thought all along that Captain Kurt was bad was a bad guy right we did and then tonight we started to think well maybe he's not right because his intentions seemed pure yeah he seemed like he was genuinely trying to protect everyone on the magus so right which by the way magus um just for our listeners if you didn't know already um, magus the name of the ship and the first episode um is named latin for magician so you know, that makes sense. I don't know if the. I wonder if the crew on the boat knows Magus means magician, um, because that ties so much into the entire scenario that they're stuck in right now. Like source of looking for a source of magic, right? All so things going on coincidental, you know, because you don't name a boat Magus, which right. means ma- magic, if you're having no idea that you're about to be eaten alive by magic, right? You know, so. Very coincidental. Very, very highbrow. Very highbrow. My brow is getting. I don't think there's a lot of fluent Latin speakers out there, but (laughs) maybe somebody remembers it from school days. Oh yes. So (laughs) once they get on the boat, um, you know, we see them. I guess you know, talk with Lena's father. Yeah, that was. To me, that was actually the most exciting moment of the series so far, because one of the things I've been saying all along is how badly I wanted to hear a little bit more about their human backstory because for me that makes it so much more interesting and that's I found tonight's episode really great in that way that from the beginning it started with that story about you know Lena saying I know everyone's missing Dr. Emmett but my dad's missing too and I was like thank god you know I was waiting for her to say something like that and so I'm glad she I'm glad that that was tied in and when she did see her father on the Exodus ship, I got really excited for a moment because I was like, oh my God, they found him. This is great. Like, maybe they won't, they're obviously not going to find Emmett yet. I would imagine because we've got to keep the show going. But I was really excited that she found him and I thought that was a really great moment. I did Only too. to later discover that it was a ghost <laughs> and that he was dead. Right. That was sad. And I have to say, um, the girl who plays Lena, her name's Eloise Mumford, mm-hmm. uh, did really... I thought she did a good job acting. I thought she did a great job. Yeah, I felt it. We got to see a little bit more of her acting chops tonight because her character was so varied. She, you know, was... From the start, when she was being interviewed, doing her interviewing session while playing the accordion, we got to see her kind of reminiscing about her father, and then we got to see her kind of adventurous, tomboyish side as she was going through the exodus and then a really emotional scene when she was reconnecting with her dad and then of course when her dad when she found out her dad was dead i thought she was like it was very dynamic yeah i'd like to see more of that it was great yeah if there's 
more crew missing who I don't know off the top of my head, but within that crew, I don't know the names of the other people missing with Emmett. But if we could get some more of that backstory, yeah, that would be cool. I mean, we have Jonas now. Yeah, we have Jonas. We you don't know. really know too much about Jonas's backstory. No. A little bit from last week. Yeah. But it was nice to see, because we've seen so much in, as far as the flashback tapes, or I mean the lost footage tapes, we've seen so much of Dr. Emmett and you know, talking to his kids and scenes from his show, Undiscovered Country. And it was really great tonight to actually see a lost footage tape of Lena's dad talking to her. I, I love how they're starting to incorporate that now. And um, I think I hope that they continue to do that because it makes these characters really more interesting and us to be able to relate to them. Yeah, definitely. I think as women, mm-hmm. we're always looking for that emotional factor. Yeah. You know, I think maybe some guys, um, call us if you disagree, uh, would yeah. be satisfied with the action and the horror. Um, but I know, I know for me, I'm not satisfied unless I have some sort of connection. Um, I, know. I, know. I know. Well, I think that, I say that to my boyfriend every night. I think that that is true. And I know like my, my, sister watches it with her husband and they both really love the show and I think he likes it for all those stereotypical guy reasons and she likes it as well for those same reasons but I think she really enjoys we talked about it a little bit like about you know those human elements to the show as well so I think this show can be welcomed by both men and women and in a lot of ways yeah yeah I mean each episode if they explored you know if they went maybe into Clark's background I know that Clark and um, Tess have potentially had some a sort thing. of love affair yeah um, if they went into that more you you know I, I that, that would be, be cool that would be really cool and then maybe going into um, AJ a little bit more because we almost lost AJ yeah la- uh, two weeks ago two weeks ago so and he's english yeah so you know um maybe getting into why he is with an american crew how he got to america um or the united states and um finding out that backstory because i do know um later we're going to talk about um an interview with um aj whose real name is sean parks um but they talk about um his character a lot and how um they wanted to incorporate people from abroad because it seemed more realistic. So mm-hmm. in the casting, they did go back and forth between guys that had great American accents mm-hmm. who were from the United States, and then they went back, you know, back to AJ, who's British, and then they eventually decided on wanting to have an international feel because they felt that was more um, believable than having all Americans. So, which... You know, it's yeah. so, you know, justifiable, I guess. Yeah, sure. To have especially since people they're sense. in a foreign location. Yes, makes sense, but not as easy to understand as right. we're listening. Right. And and I um I know I'm going off track a little bit, but um on the IMDb message board for the river, someone did bring up uh, why Lincoln Lincoln is actually definitely putting on an American accent, mm-hmm. um and that you know they they did were they saying say where he's from. They didn't, but. It's very clear, and so um, I, I wonder why. Is it hard to find American actors? I'm not discriminating, but it seems like the accent for us, for the storyline, for the, maybe the first two to three episodes was very difficult to understand. Yeah, well, I've read a lot of articles recently as well about like Australian invasion to Hollywood, so I think that that's going on as well. I don't know if he's Australian or not, but... Um, 
I think that more and more actors who are making their way over, you know, who have a career going overseas are making their way into Hollywood. And I've read a lot about a lot of American actors and SAG actors being frustrated by that because they're finding it, it's already difficult to get work. And then to feel like all these people who are famous in Australia or England or whatever, they get to come here and take the roles that they want. They feel like that's not fair, but you know, it's really about these people already have a fan base and a following and this show is already international. It's showing in other countries. So maybe that's why they did it as well. Yeah. I know I've been to a couple casting things, workshops where people are, are Australian yeah. and it was satisfying to me when the casting director said, you cannot have that accent. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, score for me just yeah. because it makes me look better. But clearly that's that's disappearing and that was probably only within the last year. Yeah. So that's clearly changing. But, um, but aside from that, going back to uh, the episode tonight, um, how do you think um, they handled the um, rescuing of Tess and Lena? Um, do you think that rang true did you like that did you not like the way they rescued um would you have as we as we spoke as we were watching it um i would have loved if they left it as a cliffhanger if yeah if they were like cutting cutting right when lincoln gets to the exodus cut there yeah end episode next week we start figuring out if they're going to be rescued or not i agree um the, I feel like the first couple episodes of the sh- of the series were left with cliffhangers, but the last two weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that would have been great. But um, as for how it, they went about it, basically the whole tale was that they had to be rescued by sunrise or they were going to be stuck on that boat forever. But so what we're supposed to, I guess assume is that the people who were stuck on the exodus have been on there for a really long time and when Tess showed up on the exodus and said to the lady who we don't know her name I don't think they ever told us her name the African American lady I don't know who she, what her name was to you no so when she when Tess said to her how this boat is so old how long have you been on it like insinuated that perhaps this boat could have been 50 years old that these people could have been on there forever and but they I wish they had gone into a little bit more detail because I think it would have been kind of interesting and fun if they had maybe played with that a little bit more and shown that these people maybe were stuck on that boat for years or yeah definitely seeing know. their transformation because exactly. she said something like you'll become things that you never imagined you could become yeah. So if we saw, I mean, we clearly like, what saw did what you they, become? we, you know, we saw the the transformation of them turning back into ghosts yeah. or into dead souls or whatever they were. Um, it would have been cool to see them stuck in the scenario, freaking out the yeah. way the crew on um, Magus is freaking yeah. out right now right. because, you know, Lena and Tess and Lincoln and Clark and everybody could be in the beginning phases of what they're going through. Right. But I guess I, you know, um, I'm I'm wondering what. Did, am I missing something from the episode? What caused what caused the people on the Exodus to get in that scenario? Because if you remember from last week's episode, Jonas got in his predicament because he was a theft, because he stole right. from graves. Right. So he got himself into that predicament. Do, did they ever explain from this episode how these people ended up being lost souls on this boat? Did I miss that? No, I don't think they did. That, And that's what I'm saying. I wish that would, that had happened a little bit more. Right. But... 
we don't really know why. Right. And this is all coming from the source, right? All right. these people, and bear with me, I'm still trying to process and, and just figure out this the, the, the way the series is going and, and their intentions. Yeah. It's from each episode, from episode one to episode four, is everything that's happening on... In a, on every episode, be it the dolls in the forest, to the um, to Manchecos. the Manchecos, to the ghosts on the ship, the ship mm-hmm. just you know rocking fiercely, to um, to the tattoo. Is this yeah. all coming from one place? I think that's what we're supposed to assume now. Okay, because they're all so different. Each all each so episode's different. plot line and storyline has the running theme that they're looking for Emmett but in terms of the spiritual paranormal magic that's happening it's so different from each each episode and I think that's what like like what I was saying earlier the director um, was saying that they took so many different like folklore and mythology to tie it in so maybe each week they're taking in something like that and um you know, I, I wish we had time to research it, but unfortunately we start the show right after we finish watching it. So it'd be cool to like, you know, be able to delve into that a little bit more and see where those tales came from or what their source was. Yeah. But I will tell you, it is hard to research stuff going on in the Amazon for the show when yeah. every time you type in Amazon, it's Amazon.com. Oh, so if you're yeah. searching, so if anyone's Googling, you know, were there spirits in the Amazon? Is there a haunted history? It's very difficult because if you type in haunted history Amazon, you're going to get Amazon.com haunted history of Hudson River yeah. and then, you know, all, different Mississippi River. So it's really frustrating. So Amazon.com, if you guys want to uh, just shut your site down for maybe like 24 hours and let me research this, I'd really appreciate <laughs> it because I don't do libraries. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure they're listening. <laughs> They've got nothing better to do. Um, but uh, anyway, so that that is a little bit tricky. I have looked. I'm not seeing that there is actually any factual um, storylines out, taken out of Brazil or the Amazon or, you know, um, in terms of if, if anyone knows anything differently, please let us know because I have been searching and searching and I'm not finding that. Um, but regardless, they're getting into a lot of predicaments. It's, it's interesting. Um, I... I do find the paranormal to be disturbing. And so if this is actually taken from real mythology, then that is very disturbing. Yeah, I'm sure it is. With the birds falling, you know, we should look into what that that meant. We could look that up and tell you all each week. We're just going to sit here with a Google, with Google. We're going to get an iPad. Yeah. (laughs) We're just going to Google. This whole podcast is going to be silent because we're going to be Googling. Googling the whole time. What does this It'd be more interesting that way. Silence. What does that mean? One of the things, though, um, when the people of the Exodus were on board of the Magus and Kurt caught one of them saying to another that they're no good to us dead, at least not yet. That that was cue that they were ghosts from the Exodus. Right. But it's like, what did they want from them? You know, what does that mean? They're no good to us. Well, they wanted them on the ship. That but was why. They, because, because that was the whole storyline of um, if they get them on the ship, they take the place of the people on the Exodus so that the people on the Exodus can go free. So that's why they drag them onto the boat because if they, if I wish I had names for the people from Exodus, right. but if the Exodus guys, homies, yeah. got these people 
off of their boat, the Magus, and got them onto the Exodus. There were four people on Exodus. If they got four people from the Magus to take their place and keep them there, I mean, it's pretty convoluted, right. but keep them there overnight until sunrise. Then Lena, Tess, Captain Clark, Kurt, excuse me, and um, I can't remember, and who was the last person? The father? They they will end up taking the place of the people on the Exodus so they can go free and they can get off the river. But they said before that scene really explore, exploded. So that ship. The Exodus was just a ghost ship. and It was those, just a ghost ship. And those people were stuck on it. And if they got four people to take their place, they were free. They were free to leave the river, but they could not leave the river. They couldn't exit the river until someone took their place. So um, the other... The other thing I wasn't really sure of was when they did finally get stuck on the Exodus, the crew there, you know, and that was it. Mm-hmm. The ship caught fire and kind of burned up. Yeah. But that confused me because did they only get one try to get people on? You know, because if the people didn't stay on from the Magus, they'd they still just another? be yeah. ghosts. Right. Wouldn't you just stick around and try to find more people? And I know they said they hadn't seen people for six months. Right. Or something like that. Um so so I'm not really sure exactly the the logistics there for for those ghosts. <laughs> logistics are kind of tricky for ghosts. I don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are I we going to get out of here? I don't think we know the logistics for any of the spirit things so far. But I guess yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So next week um we didn't see a preview but i'm assuming there's no gonna be no connection really from you know these ghosts because yeah, that's they're one thing we've noticed and that we talked about earlier is that you could technically watch this show at any point and not have seen prior episodes because they're not really connecting so like if you started watching episode five it would actually be okay if you hadn't seen the first four because they're not continuing the story. They're not really leaving you on a cliffhanger anymore. Right. I mean, the main story that's continuing is the search for Dr. Emmett, but as to what happens from episode to episode, yeah, they, you, can't, you can't kind of pick up anywhere. They're kind of one-offs. They, exactly. sta- they do stand on their own, so, um, you know. You can start watching. You can pick up that remote, get into it, um, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're flipping the channels and you do happen to stop on it, that's great because you can watch it. Um, but if, you know, something like, I always refer to Boardwalk Empire, but you can't really pick up on one episode of Boardwalk Empire because like there's such a backstory. Yeah. So um, it's it's a good way to maybe get new viewers, but maybe it's not a great way to hold on to the old viewers. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe they're evening out from that strategy. I don't know if it's an intentional strategy. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm not sure. Yeah. But seeing as it is that each episode it's kind of left off, off that way, I'm starting to think they must have meant to do it that way. Right, right. Um, and, and we did have one scene where Jonas asks with the camera what's going on between Lena and Lincoln. Yeah. And Lena kind of blushed. She kind of blushed and avoided the question. Right. But I think that Jonas was flirting with her because I think Big Jonas has a, flirt, has a thing for her. Yeah. And I felt like we saw a little Who bit of wouldn't? that wouldn't? They have to. Let's get real here, people. I feel like I'm on NPR right now. Yeah. They have to get horny after a while, right? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We're getting real. This is real time. I, Not with Bill Maher, though. <laughs> with us. Yeah. I think that he was definitely flirting with her. And... I think she was flirting with him too. Remember last week's episode when she and in- she interviewed him for the job. Right. Remember that? Yeah. She was definitely flirting with him. Yeah. So um, I think he was digging to try to see like, is there something going on bet- between you two? Because if there is, maybe he wasn't going to try to yeah. work his way in. Yeah. But 
I think something might happen between um, Jonas and Lena. Yeah, I'd like to see some more connections. Like something to happen. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more physicality between the crew because they're gonna they're they've been on a boat for a while now together. And there's a lot of tequila. Right. <laughs> we don't know where it's coming from, <laughs> but it is South America, so <laughs> tequila flows basically probably in and, like, the Amazon. Typically, typically when one is scared, you do run into the arms of someone else. Right. Right. So you think you know, yeah. that would happen? Yeah. Well, Lena is brave because she was sitting on the edge of the boat. She like that. You know, I think yeah. a hand from the river was going to reach up and pull me That's in. That's what I thought. I thought, oh yeah. my God, why is she sitting on yeah. the edge of that? Boat? I can barely lay on the bed and let my arm lay off the bed without thinking like something's going to reach up and grab my arm. Ever <laughs> since I was a kid. too many horror movies. Yep. Yep. Ever since I was a kid, it was the arm thing. And then I can't sleep with my hair off my ear. Like, I don't know how guys with short hair do it. Because if my ear is exposed, I'm just waiting for like a ghost to blow in it. It's <laughs> like... Yeah, I can't. I I cannot not have hair over my ear. I have a weird one. I can't sleep without the covers like slightly over my head, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then I have like a breathing hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Kenner might accidentally one day <laughs> cut off. No, yeah. Her husband. That's funny. What time, do you know uh, the time? Just by just by curiosity, out of curiosity. We're at 20 minutes right now. Okay. Um, I do want to talk more about peaches um, because I think, you know, we did talk about how um, Lena really did a good job acting and that it was a really nice backstory. Really nice, yeah. Um, But let's get into maybe why her father was taken and not Emmett. By the Exodus? Yeah. Do you have any theories? I don't, I don't really, I don't know. That is a hard question. That's a really hard question. That's why I asked you, because I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, like last week, why was Jonas strangled and not Dr. Emmett? Well, because I Jonas mean, he was, was the thief. He was filming, yeah, but it was still under Dr. Emmett's uh, authority. Right, you know? right. So, if we could this go whole back- project is under Dr. Emmett's Watch. Watch, exactly. So everybody seems to be getting in trouble except for him so far. Well, we did get some information from Russ, who was um, Lena's father. His name is, you know, Russ um, Laundry or Landry, I'm sorry. Uh, And so Russ said, your father was so involved in what was going on, this magic, that he was losing himself yeah he seemed he probably became very ocd very obsessed probably wasn't acting normal um, he wasn't sleeping he, he wasn't said i go into his room at night sometimes and he wasn't sleeping and there'd be weird things and then they cut to like uh, old footage of uh, like feet on the wall right so so i'm assuming that you know emmett was perhaps already having some sort of spiritual experience because he had feet walking up the wall on the ceiling um they did show i I believe it was last week's episode they showed dr emmett swatting away that that bug that embodied his spirit right which they haven't followed up on that yet because we saw in the first episode jahel was possessed possessed by this bug which came out to be emmett yeah so is do you know that bug was swatting around flying around emmett's head last episode the first episode it embodied Emmett Mm -hmm. so I'm wondering if that's the answer but I I don't think they would lay it out that obvious for us yet especially especially not this not this early yeah but they're leading to hints like this bug has some part of Emmett 
somehow. Yeah. If there is a resolve at the end of the season where Emmett is, you know, I think that will definitely be part of the answer. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I, you know, I feel like Emmett was doing everything right. He was doing everything honestly. And I don't really know what a spirit would want with him specifically because he does seem like he was a good person. And, and he was documenting it and looked healthy. So the sudden just loss of him, I think was a bug. I think we got a badass bug. Someone, <laughs> someone needs to swap this bug. <laughs> that's funny. Because, I, yeah, I don't know. But that's basically, I think they put, I think they put um, Russ there today in the episode to one, obviously show some humanity, communicate with Lena, but also to kind of give us a little bit more of a glimpse, glimpse into Emmett, because I think as we go each episode, we're going to find more of the crew from his, from his, um, from his crew, yeah. <laughs> his crew from his crew, the crew from his crew. That's the crew <laughs> because we did see Jonas and we saw yeah. um, Russ this week. It's nice being introduced to these new characters. Yeah. They got to keep it fresh somehow Yeah, because if, you know, if it's just the same, same people over and over on the river, you yeah. know, you get a little bit, a little bit stuck, but anyway, so I don't know my overall feelings on the episode. I thought, um, I thought they did a good job keeping me interested. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was, um, very, um, I thought it was very heartwarming, which is surprising, but I did find it creepy. I didn't think it was as scary as other episodes. No, neither. Um, I definitely, maybe we're getting immune. Yeah, I think we are getting immune, but I think it's definitely not as scary as it wasn't. As, it wasn't a very scary episode. No, you know, because they had used before the doll heads and the, monkey with the mask which i still think to this point was the yeah. scariest thing that was creepy with that monkey with like the human face mask on, on his head or scary yeah so this episode i think they kept it pretty mild um and i think that if they pick it up next week with a little bit more scary i think they'll fall back in line with their selling point but this week just seemed more of um drama between people right and less between spirits i mean obviously we have the exodus but that whole time those people were perceived as humans so we didn't have creepy ghosty things popping their heads in all the time well i think it's i think it's good that it's going in this direction and and i think it'll make people more interested to keep on watching and um i was reading an interview where with uh leslie hope she plays tess and she said you know this interview came out you know prior to the pilot but she was saying how the first um season is so full of so much action which we've obviously seen and she said i hope that if we have a second season we can dive into more of those moments of backstory and human relationships and she's like because that for me as an actor that's where you know it's really fun and interesting um and i was thinking about it so maybe while the actors were filming this they actually went to the writer's room and the producers and said you know maybe they threw in some suggestions or something like that to have more right these kinds of stories because we need we need to know what motivates these people to stay on the boat um because we keep searching from it too right because obviously we know tess that's her husband lincoln's emmett's father emmett is lincoln's father Mm -hmm. um so we know why they're there to an extent but everyone in and lena of course but but you know taking acting classes you hear you can be saying the word yes but underneath you're saying something else in your head because you you come from a background you have a story right and and that your story defines your everything and so if someone asks you know um lena if she wants a shot of tequila 
she could say yes, but she's maybe saying yes because she's an alcoholic or because, right. you know, she wants to forget about her father being dead. We need to like see maybe more motivate, you know, maybe. You know, maybe they are showing it, but, but having a backstory shows com- their motivation and choices people. they make. Yeah, right. definitely. We are all complex, except me. And <laughs> yeah, and getting to see those sides of them, like I felt like tonight we really got to see Lena like a real human being. You know, except a really pretty human being. A really beautiful. So she human can't be being. real. <laughs> doesn't make her real. It was funny because you said that you read the character breakdowns and when they did the character breakdown for Lena, they described her as like a tomboy, like an outdoorsy. I was like, she is the most gorgeous outdoorsy tomboy. Yeah. They did a pretty good job at fulfilling. Great highlights. They they did do a pretty good job at fulfilling the roles because if you, if you go on IMDb on the message Mm -hmm. board, um, it will say spoiler, but they have, they have the breakdowns of the characters and I think they, they did a pretty good job at casting. It was pretty right on. But, uh, but anyway, um, I think we're going to take a commercial break um, and we're going to come back and do the spirity thing of the week and get into some news and gossip and predictions. After Buzz TV. Hi, I was once like you. A lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And, like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler. Then, I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzzTV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV's episode four of The River. You're here with Molly Harper and Kristen Carney, and we are breaking down this episode called Peaches. Um, Peaches for you, Peaches for me. A really old, awesome song from the 90s. Um, But we are going to get into our new segment that we're going to be doing every week um, called The Spirity Thing of the Week. And we are going to break down... um, some different entities and things that maybe you'll find in the show. Um, today we are going to be talking about something that is super creepy that I feel so scared that I will experience one day in my life. Um, and that is um, basically parallel. Oh my God. What is it called again? Paranormal. Paranormal. No, oh my, sleep, sleep, sleep paral- paralysis. Yeah, because I want to say paranormal. It's sleep paralysis. Which You've never experienced it. I have. I think I've never experienced it, but I have woken up in complete fear and have felt kind of frozen. But it wasn't. But I could move. But it just was like this weird frozen feeling because I was really scared in right. my in my nightmare. Um, but there's a lot of folklore behind um, behind. This this phenomenon, which is all s- associated with having a demon mm-hmm. on top of you, yeah, and holding you down, right. So that's why these people can't um, 
can't I can't get up from their sleep. Um, and the original definition of sleep paralysis was um, codified by Dr. Samuel Jackson in his dictionary of the English language. Um, he defined it as a nightmare and a term that evolved into our modern definition. Such sleep paralysis was considered to be the work of demons and more specifically in- incubi, which were thought to sit on the chests of sleepers. Um, in Old English, the name of these beings was Mar or Mare, M-A-E-R-E. Um, and uh, hence, that means nightmare, so hence it comes from nightmare. I don't really know what I'm talking about here. Um, it goes through Swedish folklore, um, American folklore, Newfoundland. Era. Yeah, I mean, it's all throughout the world. So it's really interesting to think that something that you might be experiencing 14,000 miles away yeah. is happening to someone else. Yeah, I thought that was... When I read that as well, I thought that was so interesting because it just shows that sometimes, you know, if something, if you have, if you experience something like that, you can think, oh my God, am I crazy? Or, God, does anyone else have this? But the fact that, like, every culture pretty much has a name for it and that their name for it pretty much has the same definition, it's really interesting because it just shows that every, that's, it seems like that's an, a human thing that, everyone can experience at some point right like i've heard my mom um has told stories of in the house she grew up in i know that you grew up in a house that had a lot of creepy things going on Mm -hmm. and how she grew up in um her her sisters and brothers um all claimed to wake up in the in the middle of the night to a dark shadow looming Mm. over their bed that's just giving me chills and my aunt karen um who is a woman who does not get emotional she's very strong she doesn't really buy into you know ghost stories and stuff like that swears that it happened to her and um she was completely frozen and she said she did pray to jesus um and the spirit went away wow um and but they all but they did say um yeah, you're and, supposed to pray to make it to go away yeah and and my mom's family did say that all the ghosts that they experienced in their house if they must have been different because they know there was one that they know there was something friendly there mm. and they know there was something wrong there, like something that was angry and something that was more positive. That's interesting. Yeah. So, um, I just, I just pray that that never happens to me, but I, I will say actually maybe it has, and I'm just in complete denial because when I talked to you recently yeah. about the experience I'm having in my apartment, right. which has gone down, like is very, not happening thank god good um i did wake up one night and i woke up but i couldn't tell if i was asleep or awake and my tv was on and my bed is right next to the tv so the tv was really blaring glaring in my eyes Mm. so i opened my eyes and i felt like there was something in front of the tv but then i closed my eyes and opened my eyes again and it was there and then i closed my eyes and opened it again and it was gone but i didn't know if because i was having a nightmare right so i didn't know if that was coming from just waking up from this really scary dream I was having about ghosts you know because yeah why was I dreaming about one if it was over me well it's like with sweet sleep paralysis basically that's what happens is that you don't know if you're awake or asleep because it feels so real like somebody's holding you down and you literally cannot move your body but your brain feels awake and your eyes can be open so it's a terrifying thing yes yes it is in um in Fiji the experience is interpreted is interpreted as being eaten by a demon um, in Nigeria, um, which it says it's actually far more common among um, 
people in Africa, in Nigeria, um, and they call it the devil on your back. Um, in Turkey, really? um, in Turkey, the Islamic beliefs um, are similar to the de- demonics visitation, commonly known as Dijin, which I don't know what that is, obviously. Um, Do you want to tell us about it? He said that he's experienced that. You have experienced it before? Oh my gosh, tell us about it. Do you have your mic up? Is your mic up working? Uh, We are getting first-hand experience here, guys. Hey, they said it's more common in Africa. Yeah, you're (laughs) (laughs) African-American. He's like, yeah, that's not funny. I thought that was kind of funny. (laughs) You didn't think that was funny at all? Hmm, well... We can't hear you. I can't explain it besides... Yeah, I'm not... I don't know if I'm hearing you. Can you hear me now? No. Hmm, weird. It's, it's a demon. Do you want to speak... Do you want to... Do you want to use mine? Let's see here. We can... Dying your story. We're working on the technology. It's got to keep up with us. Nope. Nope. Ooh, it is weird. I don't like that his mic isn't working. Here we go. Okay, oh, there, there we go. go. Yay. Good. Spirit's okay. letting you talk. So, um, yeah, it's happened quite a few times, but I wouldn't necessarily feels like, I wouldn't say it necessarily feels like someone's sitting on your chest, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, it normally happens when, like how you're talking about, like uh, when you have a um, scary dream or something. So it almost feels like you're being thrown out of this dream, like you wake up out of this dream, but you can't, you can look around the room and everything, you can't speak, but you can't move at all. So it feels, it doesn't necessarily feel like anything is holding you, you just can't move yeah. your yeah. body. So I read up on, on this stuff as well too, and a lot of people say it's just like, Maybe your spirit or something is, has been a little displaced or something. Yeah, people and have described it as an out-of-body experience. Yeah, out-of-body yeah. experience where you're just a little off at that moment and you yeah. can't can't speak, you can't move your body, but it it doesn't it's last terrifying. long and then it snaps back in. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't last long. I've experienced yeah. it too many, many times, but yeah. it never lasts long. But it's interesting because I was reading as well that they they say it can often be attributed to having bad wine or bad food. I, yeah. And that the toxins in the bad wine or bad food mm-hmm. can be released, and that's what takes over. And I wonder if it's true, because I don't know about you guys, but I've noticed that when I drink, I have nightmares a lot more frequently. I, I, I have nightmares so often that I don't know what to associate it with. Do you drink every night? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I could have I could deal with the nightmares if I did. <laughs> I just I have nightmares so often and they they sometimes are nightmares about um spirits, sometimes yeah. they're nightmares about plane crashes. They're they're always coming from different places, so I can never nail it down. But the way that you described it, um, is exactly pretty much what I have felt and so I was second guessing myself, thinking, "Well, maybe I haven't had this before, just because I've never had that sensation that like it was an evil spirit on me." No. But I've I've definitely been frozen, par- like paralyzed. And I know there's also science, though, that there when you sleep, there's um, some sort of chemical chemical that releases that keeps you from running and keeps you from moving. No. And so you're waking up before that chemical has time to dissipate. Yeah. Um, and so that's why you're frozen. That's what science, you know, scientists would say. Yeah, yeah. But when you're in the moment, that one experience I had when I opened my eyes and there was, I felt like there was something there I couldn't move. Closed my eyes again, opened it because I wanted to see. It was like you know that cartoon, like we, we. If you're like yeah. you know, 
rubbing your eyes to like, did I just see that? And I did, and I saw it again, and then I closed my eyes again, but I couldn't, I really couldn't move completely in fear, and then it was gone, and then I felt like I could move. So that was the closest thing to maybe something that felt like demonic, but I have had so many nightmares where I've woke up, and I cannot move my fingers, my toes, and I just lay there frozen in a pool of sweat. Yeah, I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Well, I read something really interesting, um, and it was in Hollywood Reporter, and it was an interview with the director, Oren Pelly, and he was talking about just being scared in general mm-hmm. and about fear. And um, they asked, Oh, creepy. You know, we said an intruder. Oh, creepy. <laughs> um, the Hollywood Reporter asked him, How do you explain to the viewers? Uh, how do you explain the viewer desire to be frightened by fear like yours? Which is such a good question because last week I remember telling Kendra and you weren't here. I was like, I wish that the show was scaring me a little bit more because right now it's not. Yeah, it's like you're on a roller coaster that doesn't have any huge dips and you just yeah. like want that huge I'm like, dip. I want to be freaking out because a couple times I was. Like the first two episodes I was like, ah! And um, anyway, so Oren Pelly's answer to that was, I have a theory Thousands of years ago, you'd sleep in a cave and you had no idea if you were going to wake up in the morning. A tiger could come in and eat you alive, and every day was a fight for survival. Welcome you, to L.A. Yeah. <laughs> well, he gets to that. You had this daily adrenaline rush as you went to hunt or whatever it was that you would do. Now, our lives are pretty calm. Merging on the freeway is the closest you get to risking your life. So what's missing now is that primal emotion of being scared to death. And I think that's why people crave thrills like roller coasters or scary movies. They give you the chance to feel this very primal emotion in a very controlled environment. Which I thought was so fascinating as well because I wonder, when we were talking about sleep paralysis just now, all of us have experienced it. It seems like everyone in the world has. I wonder if we give ourselves these nightmares to experience that primal fear of adrenaline rush because it is a primal fear and then you wake up and you go oh thank god i'm alive yeah well like thank god i'm okay and you like need to have that that moment to like calm down and he thinks it's literally a primal instinct and well it is that's really fascinating it is very primal and um off the top of my head i cannot remember the name of this documentary but if anyone's interested in calling in again and letting me know um it was a study of stress and what stress does to the body which is adrenaline which is fear um and it and as much as we want it and as much as it's natural it takes years off our life because when we are scared from watching a movie or we're stressed out in traffic that takes years off our life Mm. it's the equivalent of smoking and if you test um if you t- like th- this whole documentary, um, this guy was really interesting. He studied apes, and he studied apes in a stressful environment, and then s- apes in a non-stressful environment. And the apes that were in the non-stressful environment were much friendlier to each other, yeah. but they also lived a lot longer. And you know, when we when we experience something that's scary, um, that Warren would like us to see. Um, we we release the same things that a zebra releases when he's getting attacked by a lion. So we're using this. We're we're releasing these damaging damaging chemicals, and it's and it's it just is like a natural drug. So basically, when we watch this show, we're slowly dying. Yes. Welcome to After Buzz TV. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, of course, in little bouts, it's not going to kill us and, and give us cancer. Maybe it will. I don't know. Maybe these headphones are going to give us cancer. But. Uh, <laughs> But, um, you know, it's entertainment, and as long as you're entertained, you can relax in certain ways. Yeah. You know, sit back, have some popcorn, drink out of your After Buzz TV mugs, and, and chill out. But, um, but you know, we'll, 
I think um, I think next week we'll maybe look into different types of, of demons. Since yeah. this week we talked about maybe a demon sitting on your chest. What kind of demon is sitting on your chest? And should he shave his legs? That's what we'll get into, get into next week. Um, but right now I think we'll get into some news and gossip. Yeah, exactly. After Buzz yeah. TV News. Um, we've got some um, some of the actors from the river being interviewed um, some different outlets uh, this uh, interview um, is from assignmentx.com and uh, it was with Sean Parks who plays AJ uh, the cameraman on the show and I thought this was really cool and interesting and made me um, made me a little bit of that release that stress that gives yeah. me cancer <laughs> uh, but they asked they asked AJ a lot of questions generic about you know acting and, and his experience and, and playing his character but they also asked him has anything on set actually scared you and AJ uh, responded I'm paraphrasing of course but he said being that they filmed this in a haunted old children's asylum yeah he kind of got scared are you serious yeah and this was in Hawaii I believe because they they shot in Puerto Rico and Hawaii they shot the pilot yeah the pilot was shot in Puerto Puerto Rico Rico. and I got so confused because I didn't realize that they weren't shooting everything there. Yeah, the rest of the seven were in Hawaii. Yeah. And it was at this old children's asylum where the, the, the kids were mentally challenged. Um, and and next door to the asylum was the cemetery that the kids were built that were the kids were buried in. Um, so he said that was really creepy. Um, and apparently the stories the locals all know this asylum. No one goes in it. Um, and and apparently yeah, they're shooting in it. <laughs> right. So you know the crew chooses to shoot there. Um, and some of the some of the stories that are associated with this children's asylum was that there was a uh, an employee there who sexually abused the children, um, and that nurses killed the man who was abusing the children. Oh, wow. So this is not written in, this is not written, this is not part of the storyline, this is actually where they were filming. Locals would not go in. Uh, they would ask, are you going in there? And he would say yes, and they'd say, you're crazy, I refuse to uh, go in. So, so that's actually uh, pretty cool, and I I, have I hope some of the kids pop up on their own in the episodes. Yeah, creepy. I have another one um, as far as fear goes. So I guess the actors don't have to act too much to be scared because they're actually yeah, scared. But um, Leslie Hope, who plays Taz, she uh, said in an interview with Variety that she is terrified of water. Terrified of water and terrified of cockroaches. Really? And she said when she got the script, she literally read it and goes, oh, you got to be kidding me. There's no way I'm doing this. And then um, the scene in episode two, remember when, or episode one or two, when she uh, kind of fell into that swamp and they were trying to pull her out? Yeah. Well, she was, that was water. Mm. And she said, I was not acting. Those were real terrified screams. She's like, I just was freaking out. I'm terrified of water. So I thought that was so interesting, especially considering like the whole thing takes place on the river and everything. Yeah, that yeah. She's really scared. Yeah. Another thing that she brought up that I thought was really interesting was that she said, you know, um, she played uh, Kiefer Sutherland's wife on the first uh, first season of um, 24, and that was so incredibly ahead of its time, the way it was shot and that kind of documenting by the hour and she said it's interesting as an actor to be on this show where they're aware of the cameras because it's shot you know like with a camera in their face all the time so you know her living the life of someone who knows that there's a camera in their face is like a totally different style and approach and I thought that was really interesting yeah well that's I'm glad you said that because um, also in the interview with AJ um, he talked about how 
a lot of the actors are actually carrying cameras, and oh, so cool. the, a lot of a lot of the shots that we're seeing are shot by the actors. Oh, cool! Um, and it's very similar to they did that in Cloverfield, mm-hmm. which actually the guy playing the cameraman was T.J. Miller, who was a fellow comedian mm-hmm. that uh, that we know. But he was doing that camera work there. But um, AJ said it was a different experience, and and he liked it. It was interesting, and it gave it you know some real real feeling to it. And it gave him a chance to kind of play around, and and you know when we see the when we saw the shot of Tess when she's looking in the camera, she was probably actually holding the camera. Yeah. So That's it does cool. it does give it a homemade gritty feel. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, very cool. Um, and you know, and uh, another thing, someone someone mentioned this. I'm just obsessed now with the IMDb um, message board. Someone brought up um, that they're speaking Spanish in, in Brazil, which should be. Portuguese, yeah, um, and then someone else brought up. Um, well, give credit to Gromit, Gromit Dave. Um, just you know said, well, the most. So don't be too concerned that they're speaking Spanish because, um, although the most common language is Portuguese, the second most common is Spanish. Oh, okay. So we can all rest easy that they're speaking Oof, Spanish. I wasn't resting easy over that. <laughs> <laughs> nope. But um, next week we'll um, go over an interview um, that we got. Um, with uh, Paul Blackthorne, who plays um, who plays uh, uh, Kurt or not Captain? I, it's Captain Clark and Kurt is killing me. I know Clark quiet. He plays Clark Clark quietly, which is hard Clark, to say. Thank you. Yes, Clark quietly. <laughs> yes, really I have to say, say that quietly. But um, but yeah. So that's uh, that's our news and gossip, and now we're going to uh, transition over to our predictions. And now. That uh, theme song is perfect for the show because it's very creepy. Um, yep. I think for next week, I think we're going to see some uh, love. I think we're going to see love blossom between perhaps Jonas and Lena. Yes. Yes. I think that will definitely happen. I think maybe perhaps some jealousy on behalf of Lincoln. Um and I imagine that they'll run into a new source of weird spirit thing. You are smart. Yes. <laughs> what gave that away? Because every week is different. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen with the actual spirits next week. But, um, but I imagine it will be a new manifestation. Every week it seems to be a new manifestation. So it's like, what will that be? Right, right. So I think I think we'll see um, some definitely more family stuff going on in terms of um, Lena and um, and Lincoln and uh, Jonas. So I think we've got a little love triangle they were creating this episode. And um, I'm looking forward to getting perhaps another backstory to another character. Yeah. Because they did one, they seem to do one last week, one this week, and hopefully one next week. Hopefully. Yeah. So, you guys, thanks for listening. Um, this has been the AfterBuzz TV's podcast for The River, Season 1, Episode 4, called Peaches. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, and if you want to ever um, follow us on Twitter, you are more than welcome. I'm Kristen Carney, uh, and you can find Molly at Molly Comedy. And uh, we will see you next week. 
See you soon. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. Buzz TV.